0: I'm a short dumpy bloke and I've got a photo of me standing next to Danny Shittu and he is crowding over me and he's about he's about nine foot tall and he's like over this little 10 year old boy he's like oh my god it's Danny Shittu and it was my google profile pic for about seven eight years
1: Welcome to the Lockdown Inn, the home of the regulars podcast. Join Elliot Richardson, Jed Pemberthy, Charlie Hopper and myself, George Sanderson, every week as we talk about current affairs, sports news and a fair amount of complete nonsense. Each episode, we invite a special guest into the Lockdown Inn as we try to recreate a night down the pub from the safety of our own homes. Want to keep up to date with our latest content? make sure you drop us a cheeky follow on Instagram and Twitter at RegularsPodUK.
0: Hi guys, and welcome to the grand opening of the Lockdown Inn. I am Jed... penberthy and i will be your barman this evening uh our podcast is simple really it's for guys that really desperately want to go to a pub and we get our friends along to uh to chat about it and chat about their experiences of lockdown chat about what's going on in the news probably a lot of a lot about football and uh certainly we're um hoping that it when we do get back to the pubs i think it's april 12th we're allowed to get back into the pubs we'll be able to continue this and bring up the content as well so joining me this evening we have the eponymous regulars we have charlie hopper good evening gents i hope you're all i hope you're all well certainly so we also have elliot richardson hello 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 and our designated driver george sanderson
1: it's it's gonna be a standing joke but hello hello i don't even have a driver's license but here
0: we are <laughs> absolutely teetotaled
1: sober he's sober
0: It's fine and that there was the voice of our fantastic first guest here at the lockdown inn. it's harry oldwood student physio at Sheffield hallam university thank you for joining us harry
2: yeah good afternoon good evening everyone how are we <laughs>
0: yes not too bad uh have you brought a drink of choice today harry uh
2: i've, I've got i've got some water but i, I have a beer or two with my dinner tonight
0: so Ooh, beautiful what was you drinking with your dinner
2: Hazy Jane Brewdog. Oh, I do
0: like Hazy Jane. Yeah. We'll go back to Charlie. Charlie, welcome back. I suppose back to the regulars. You can't be a regular if you haven't been before. Oh, no, What can I give you this evening as a drink? Um, well, I went for a Magna's,
3: Um Ooh. but I went for a dark fruit version of the Magna's, Um so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was my first reaction was a little bit, you know, oof, I'm not sure about this, but little do solid cider. And, um, you know, I, I picked up a four pack and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been life changing really since I've, uh, since I've gone to it.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm sure the southerner will have something to say about that. Solid
0: Certainly hol- so. Certainly so. <laughs> Talking to a man that's been from the country of cider, I'm from the country of cider.
2: He's just got cider instead of blood. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, runs through my veins. <laughs> and and you yeah. He
0: just bleeds Beautiful. cider, does Jed. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly bleeds something. Elliot, Richard, talking about bleeding, you're a bleeding man. What are you drinking this evening? Well, I thought
4: that was very offensive. How dare you? But <laughs> I actually have some Cancel water. Cancel me now. Uh, I have some water, but I can... Like, um, I carry out some water as well, but I have my dinner... I had a JD and Coke, actually, with my dinner.
0: With your thought, dinner?
4: With my dinner. I thought it's Mother's Day, you know. And all the bit out there, other mothers, I thought I'd have
0: a chef, JD and Coke just on them. You know what I mean? Oh, there's nothing wrong with a JD and Coke, but with your dinner. It depends what you're having for dinner, I suppose. Oh,
4: had a nice, nice cheeky takeaway. Cheeky bird from the takeaway. Oh, it was scrumptious.
0: Tasty. Where, tasty. Which takeaway did you go to?
4: Oh, well, I'm back home, so you would not know what it is. It's,
0: oh. it's, a, it's a
1: local one, local one. Local to beautiful, Sharp
4: Mark. You never know, you
0: might
1: get a sponsor. True
0: that.
4: Juan Sebo, if you're out there, shout us out. Juan Sebo. <laughs> There's
2: no the podcast name. there one day. <laughs>
4: uh, and I'm not from Stockport, I'm from Manchester. We'll get that straight right now. I'm from Manchester.
0: If I was to go under Snap Maps, it would say Stockport. <laughs> yeah, he's one of about
1: a couple hundred actual loyal like proper man united fans that aren't tourists that's
2: true well, i thought i thought you're gonna say city fans then they're not going oh, either
1: ah no then he's just jealous of city jealous
4: it isn't it isn't
1: to be jealous of city when you beat them 2-0 on their own their own
4: ground i don't think so and it begins yeah there
2: he <laughs> goes <laughs>
0: So, Harry, you are, of course, a student like our fine selves. How have you been able to sort yourself during this lockdown?
2: Um, How have I managed to sort myself? Exercise, walks, Starbucks.
0: That's about as perfect as it gets, (laughs) isn't it? That's the perfect answer. There you
2: go. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just doing things. Take your mind off. That
0: sounds ideal ideal to me, I'm not going to lie. I suppose you need to take your mind off everything, being a Forest fan at the moment.
2: Oh yeah, definitely took my mind off Forest. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've even turned my back on Forest to watch Exeter in League Two. So <laughs> with
0: they? a beautiful city. Yeah, well,
2: that's what I thought, mate. But actually, yeah, they're, they're a little bit better than Forest at the moment. So I
0: don't know. I think Chris Hughton's done a fine job since coming in.
2: Not the impact that we expected when he, when he started, but he's one of those managers that needs time. It's just that you don't get much much of that at Forest at the moment. Um, I think.
0: You're all but safe in the Championship there, that's what you can ask yeah, for when you change your yeah,
2: manager halfway through a season. Yeah, it's nine, nine points or so but considering we were nine points clear in the playoffs this time last year um, uh, and now we're nine points clear of safety, it's not quite where a two-time European Cup winning team needs to be is it? But i to do that in there by the way. <laughs> I say,
1: you're really clutching at straws with that one. <laughs> Better than your blades but Still. Oh, we'll get on to them, mate. We'll get on to them oh, in a bit. Yes. No, no, oh, yeah. No, we're going Tasty we're
0: talking point at the moment. Oh,
1: hold that thought. I know I'm designated driver, but you start abusing the blades. You're walking, pub. You're walking.
2: You're walking. <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, uh, one of my lectures was a... uh was, has a video, you know, I did. Oh, nice start. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Any we wonderful stories
0: Palmer. that they've told you? Uh, <laughs> no, because I've only met him once because of COVID, so... Oh, what a shame. Yeah, I know, yeah. I say, le- learning how... how you. I say you're, you're also my flatmate, so it's, it's easy to see how hard you're working. I think you're hard, working harder than everybody else. What's it like doing a, a hands-on course in, when you can't use your hands? Oh, um, cheeky.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's been plenty of hands-using. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I mean, like, like you've seen, I came back after Christmas because even during lockdown, we ran out into uni. Um, same as like nurses, paramedics, Uh, things like that so once a week i'd have practical hands-on sessions but just reading out of a book at the moment so i know all the theory but i don't have a clue how to how to put it into practice at the moment it's a little bit it's a little bit annoying but we'll get there
0: and charlie we move on to your beloved borough and obviously in the same league as forest at the moment how how have they been doing in the last couple of weeks
3: yeah just a quick one on um on the physiotherapist harry if you went near my hamstrings mate I, I wouldn't condone because they're, they're they're very bad at the moment. They're like brick walls. Oh, really? really? I've been to, I've been told I have the worst hamstrings, um, which you know if you fancy it. Who's oh, been
0: telling you that? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's quite like bad practice actually. He <laughs> told you that, yeah. Well, Who goes yeah. around saying you've got bad hamstrings? Yeah. <laughs> um, he misses when he can't keep up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, Jed.
2: We'll uh,
3: we'll leave that one to a rainy day, shall we? I'm, on the old... but yeah, um, on Middlesbrough. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Just a minute, talking about my hamstrings. Um, yeah, they're doing they're doing all right this year. Uh, Neil Warnock's done done what we need to do, and with Harry, we were in their position last year, um, and Neil Warnock came in, um, and we just survived, and then we rebuilt. So I think the the hope is to rebuild again this season, get a couple of the dead bit of the dead wood out, and then uh, and then hopefully have another promotion push um, next season. But Neil Warnock, he is the man.
2: Yeah, I think I think we're both in that lucky position where we've just got championship cheat codes as managers, haven't we? Yeah,
3: yes. I don't I don't know what Neil Warnock does. I don't know. He said he's going to retire for the last ten years, and he's still <laughs> going strong. I think his wife just wants him out of the house to and just just throws him off as soon as he's linked to a job.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that.
0: He's lucky because he's got a second home in Cornwall, isn't he? So every single pre-season, he just takes his takes his team to Newquay, at places around like that. They <laughs> Have a beautiful summer holiday they do, if you're in <laughs> Neil Warnock side. I was um I was playing youth football. I, I must have been about ten or eleven at a time, and Neil Warnock brought his QPR that QPR side down to Devon, and they actually played against the obviously the senior side of of the team that I was playing for at the time. I was a ball boy that day, and I got a really really. Weird photo, because I'm a short, I'm a short, dumpy bloke, and I've got a photo of me standing next to Danny Shittu who's an absolute brick shit out of a man. He's <laughs> a beautiful man, absolute beautiful, and he is crowding over me, and he's about he's about nine foot tall, and he's like t- over this te- little ten year old boy. He's like, oh my god, it's Danny Shitu, because obviously everybody laughs about his name when he's when you're younger, and like, oh my god, it's Danny Shittu. And I got this photo of Danny Shittu and it was my Google profile pic for about. Seven, eight years. I
4: bet that got you didn't
3: it? I mean, Jed, on, on that one, I was before you described your height, I was going to ask if you were a target man. Um, <laughs> you, you answered the question for me.
0: Oh, I, I reckon I could do a job in a number 10 role. Probably not as a target man, though. I reckon I could drop into midfield, a little bit of a Harry Kane performance. Uh, keep, keeping I'm on more Harry compared Kane, to
1: Billy Sharp, maybe. Cool. <laughs> then Harry did, you came.
0: Compare, did you just compare yourself to the best striker in the world? Of course I did, because I am the best striker in the world. Have you seen me on pro clubs?
2: But talking oh, yeah. of best striker in the world, I think Roberto Di has said that Lukaku is the best striker in the world at the moment. What do you think about that?
0: That's a strange one, isn't it? Not for me.
1: No, not for you?
0: What, what, no what are you saying, George?
1: Right now, I think, well, up until recently, as I, I just said, Lewandowski definitely is better than Lukaku. I think Lewandowski the past year has just had insanely good form. Like He was scoring like 50 goals in 50 games or something it was Mm -hmm. over the last year. It was ridiculous levels of form he was on. But, you know, him versus Haaland, it's going to be an interesting battle. If he stays in the Bundesliga next season, he could have a real race to that golden boot for a change.
0: I'd like to see Haaland... I'd like to see Haaland... stay at Dortmund for one more year. I believe it's going to help him much as a player. The same with Sancho as well. I think Dortmund is a perfect place for these young players to grow up and and especially Jadon Sancho because obviously all, all of the England team they grow up in the Premier League. Jadon Sancho has blossomed in the Bundesliga, which gives him that a little bit more experience in the European game, which I think we've been lacking in years.
2: Mm, we we have no we have we've had, never had a plan B, have we? We know how to play against Big 4-4-2 Sean Dyche team. But when you come <laughs> against a nice ticky taka of Spain, or yeah, you just you never really seem to cut it, do you? I can't believe you mentioned the absolute
3: shit house manager that is Sean Dyche. That literally oh, stuck,
2: class. He's class. He, he,
3: su- he sucks the blood out of football, but he somehow gets results.
1: Well, that, that's what the game of football is. It's, <laughs> do whatever you have to do to get results. That's basically Oh, you games. can't talk. Oh, you
0: can...
1: <laughs> we can't talk. We can't talk. But... <laughs> Do whatever it takes. But I know we've not been day. doing it. We, you see, we are playing golf this season. We've yeah. been. We are playing for the lowest points possible yeah. wins. And well, I, I mean, we've done too much Yeah, yeah. We've been doing cricket in training instead of football. We've got all the numbers mixed up this year. Was well, that three hundred for
0: six? That's three hundred goals conceded, six scored.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: You've beaten Derby's, Derby's total of 11, so we still got something to cling on to.
1: To be honest, at this point, I think I would have rather not beaten Derby's total and still like Chris Wilder than beating that total and lost him. I think I would rather have gone down as the worst points scoring team in Premier League history than lose Wilder. Not going to lie, it's an absolute
4: disgrace this him Like, my God! Like, what were they expecting? Who else to do with that job?
3: Nah, no, I reckon. Right, if you, I reckon, if you'd have kept him, I would have put a tenner on you to go and bounce straight back up. And now there will be mm. people who are going to question it because, like you see with Daniel Farker at Norwich, what a job he's done. And Wilder mm. would just—he'd been able to keep the same squad on near enough. Um, but obviously, there was. There seems to have been issues between the Prince and and between Wilder, and it, it, at the end, it just ran its course, didn't it? But. Uh, I mean it's an absolute shame that he's that he's lost his job. And he was probably watching this afternoon and
1: I don't know whether he'd been laughing, but
3: cheerable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nah, it's it's a weird one because they handled it really badly. It went on for about 24 hours before it got announced that Wilder had gone. And we like they didn't really make it clear whether he'd been sacked or whether he walked. It just came out of his mutual consent. I and mean, it was a very weird situation. But I think today watching that. That game today, we're on about uh, Leicester beating Blades 5-0 at the King Power. Uh, I mean, Wilder will have been sat at home with a Peroni, thinking, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, they've made the biggest mistake ever. So you say,
0: you, say Wilder, you say Wilder was sat there with a Peroni. Here's a question then. What drink do you think each football manager in the Premier League does drink? What do you think? There is their beer of choice, so, so you reckon that Chris Wilder drinks a Peroni. I th- I, th- I know.
1: I I'm like ninety-nine percent certain Chris Wilder loves a Peroni. I oh, think he's
0: got the magnet isn't it.
1: I <laughs> feel like he's had it uh, on like promotions and stuff like that. He said about it in interviews, that he'll go and have a nice Peroni, and it surprised me, but it seems to have worked the trick with his managing up until this season, anyway. So, but I think Sean Dyche will be the most beer. Bitter thing you could ever get. Uh, uh, I reckon.
0: Uh,
1: staring, uh, man, he? Yeah. Mm. I,
3: I reckon he'd go for a, a vodka Red Bull. Straight. Yeah. Mm. Straight up to the barman. Boom. Half and half.
4: Now nah, that reminds me like, of a young manager. I <laughs> a, young, a young manager would have a vodka. A vodka
0: that would have been an Eddie Howe. That's yeah. an Eddie Howe. No. Eddie, oh, Howe Eddie Howe oh, used, oh, Eddie how's the one that stands at the bar and asks. asks Eddie <laughs> oh, Howe how does the most drink. outlandish
1: thing possible in the bar he goes and gets something that you've never heard of just to be fancy that's all be doing. No, no no, that's
4: what Solskjaer would do that's what I imagine Solskjaer I think he'd go to the bar and ask like the weirdest red wine you've ever seen in your life never heard it before has <laughs> a glass like that big and he's like tipsy he's like the guy who's always like really polite way that's what I imagine
2: Solskjaer yeah I think I think that'd be Scott Scott Barker because they're, the oh, pretent- yeah. oh. they're the most pretentious fans right? I went, I went to Fulham away a few years ago and to get a pint of beer there
1: it's like, it's ridiculous. And they only sell ale as well. Mm. Yeah. Who do you think would be the manager for, not just in the Premier League anywhere that would be like me and be designated driver with the bottle of Buxton that they'd be drinking? Who would be that guy in the Premier not, League? Not Neil Warnock. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not Neil Warnock.
3: I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident he'll be, a, he'll be a red wine kind of guy sat in the uh, in the, in the player's room after the game, effing and blinding about the referee whilst he has a glass of uh, red wine somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. I reckon Brendan Rogers is really boring. He, he he comes across as a very astute <laughs> manager. Yeah, yeah he, he just gets on with
2: it, doesn't he? Just yeah. quietly. Everyone, like, no one really knows about him. He's just, just there and doing it, his it job. He doesn't
4: get the credit he deserves, right? Really. The things he's done for Leicester, like, my God, like, he's done a cracking job of Leicester.
0: Yeah, I mean I think
2: the only club he's not done well at Reading. Yeah.
0: Even then he still got them to the playoff final.
2: True, true.
0: Oh no, no, he didn't, did he? He was, he was manager of Swansea that day. He was he yeah, he was manager of Swansea that day. Yeah, he did the one.
2: madness at Swansea. Like that Sinclair and Boney duo oh, from oh, Distance.
0: Mechu. About... Another... Oh, oh what about... a legend. Yeah. What
1: about Streets will never forget Michu. What what <laughs>
3: What do we reckon um, Marcelo Bielsa's drink is? Because I remember um, when I was at college, I was walking through the, the Weatherby Morrisons, just doing my shopping for the week. And, uh, and he came up next to us and he shops there every week. Um, I think he has a tab at the local Costa there and they have his same seat sat ready for him with all his staff that he goes there. He lives, above, he lives in a granny flat above, above a post office in Weatherby.
0: You're saying he doesn't take his bucket to Costa. That's
3: literally what I was about to say. I was about to say, it's sure it's not a bucket. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a seat. Yeah, I was going to say, what whatever Bielsa's drinking, he's copied it off someone else. True. That's <laughs> why he'll be with
0: Bielsa. And he's there. He's translator as well. He'll be drinking the exact same thing. Now, nah, what what Bielsa would drink? He'd drink something that was so outlandish that he needs a translator to explain why he's <laughs> drinking it. Yeah. It'll be
1: some Argentine like delicacy or something that you've never heard of. It'll yeah, be... he's not
0: a port and cheese man. Let's put it that way, is he? <laughs> no,
1: definitely. No, that's Pep. That's
2: Pep.
0: Oh, yeah, but Pep's. I, I reckon Pep and oh, Pep and Josie are the two classy ones. Yeah, and, and miguel Arteta, I think. I think mean, he's got a bit of class about mm. him. Nice Spanish red, I reckon.
4: Yeah, yeah. I just think Michel Arteta is just is Pep Guardiola. He's just the same person. I don't know what it is about him. And I saw him wearing a hoodie before because Pep started wearing hoodies now and he was wearing a hoodie. It's like, just dress up nice and smiley. He used to. Start wearing hoodies. I just don't get it.
0: I miss that though, because some managers really do like define their style, don't they? Because I don't oh, see Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer as a tracksuit manager.
4: No, he, he annoys me doesn't he doesn't. He used to dress in a suit and he, now he started wearing tracksuit all the time. It's like, you don't need to do that. You don't have to copy what everyone else is doing. The norm, just do something different. I thought the norm used to be wearing a suit, but now it's just not that.
1: Hmm. Chris Wilder tried to bring back the gilet, I think, as manager, and that just. He didn't give it up wearing like a little gilet, but it wasn't. It, it just wasn't the choice. <laughs> like, it just looks like you've tried to be Arsene Wenger and wear the sort of sleeping bag, but you got a size too small instead. And it's, it just doesn't look right. But who knows where we'll be seeing that on the touchline next.
2: Well, that's a good question. Where, where, where's he going to go? Who's going to take over United then?
0: Chef United, actually. Who's going to take them over? Who's taking us over? Oof. Yeah, man, yeah. Next year. <laughs> t- definitely not hecking bottom after today's performance. Well, the
1: less said about today, the better. All, the only sort of positives I've taken from today is Jamie Vardy didn't score, which is just beautiful, because he always <laughs> scores when he plays against us. And uh, we got one well, of the youth academy lads, uh, and Ndayo got to come on and he ran his arse off. So he was about the only good player today and he played for about 20 minutes. But for who would take control of Blades, I'd love it to be Eddie Howe. I I was thinking that. Yeah, because he's like, other than Wilder, he's probably one of my favourite managers. What he did with Bournemouth, taking them up and stuff like that. And he knows how to work with like tight budgets and stuff like that, which, I mean, even if we have money, I don't think the Prince is spending much of it at the moment so he would be the perfect man but it's just whether we can get him or not
2: yeah yeah it it does it does just come down to money doesn't it if you've got the money you've got to go for Eddie Howe I think he he likes rebuilding clubs he likes you've had a very similar like trajectory to to Bournemouth haven't you so
1: yeah the only thing that worries me with Eddie Howe is that He seems to be sort of sitting out waiting for a Premier League job, it seems, because he was linked with Celtic and it doesn't look like he's going there at the moment. It just seems like he's just waiting for someone in the Premier League to go, we need a manager, and he'll just come remember me and come on in and take control. But I don't know now. Now that Wilder's a free agent as well, I could see him getting the Premier League job before Hal gets one.
3: I pulled up the the odds for... For for what the what managerial um, appointments you could make, and as we mentioned before, we came on that it's not good to look at the odds because you could put a tenner on a certain manager and the odds could slash. Um, but obviously, Paul Heckingbottom's favourite Lampard's at four to one. Neil Lennon sits at six to one. Eddie Howe at seventeen to two, and then you have the likes of Valerian Ishmael, um, who of course plays is at Barnsley. Um, and Slavin Bilic and John Terry at 14s to 1, so you've got a real <laughs> mixture
1: there. We've got such a mix of, of like managers I'd like to get and then ones that I would rather sacrifice a leg and a kidney rather than getting. Like Eddie Howe would be my perfect one, but then there's like Valery Ishmael's done brilliant at Barnsley this season. I mean, they're in the playoff fight, aren't they? they yeah, yeah, yeah they're, that, they're just so efficient, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, that he's done really good there. So, I wouldn't mind taking him, but whether he'd leave or not, not too sure. But then, like, getting a link with people like John Terry and Frank Lampard, I'm thinking, I don't really want them, to be honest. Like, Lampard did all right at Chelsea, but it's just one of those where I just think I'd rather have someone who's a bit more experienced as a manager, I guess, than, I mean, Terry's not even managed anywhere before, but. Like Lampard, he's only done two jobs so far.
2: He's not really achieved anything
1: either. No, really, he t- he? I think he took control of Derby when they were sixth in the league, and they finished sixth in the league, and he spent <laughs> about twenty odd million on them. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it was one of those where he didn't really do enough for me at Derby to make me think, yes, that's a man that could fire us up the league or whatever.
3: So, George, um, you, you, you've got you've got your two options now. Is this is what I want to ask you about it. as a, a Blades fan. You go with experience and you go with someone who, who knows what they're doing or you go with uh, a wild card and someone who isn't proven, like Lampard, but could potentially prove to be... Or, obviously, if you get Lampard and it proves to be an absolute shit show, then fair enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now, if I had the choice, I'd be going Eddie Howe all day. Like, he would be... My by far number one choice, but I mean, if I had a choice between some of the ones we've been linked with, I'd sooner see Phil Jagielka go and get his it's certificates or whatever he needs, and let him manage instead, or Billy Sharp, or what one of them two. I'd rather have them because they they know about the club a bit more. They know what it's like, and what works within the club. So. That they probably be my preferred choice to some of the ones we've been linked with, but so you, you'd be happy. You'd be happy for
4: Billy Sharp to retire now as a player, and then become your manager. Right now, even though you're going down Championship, you'll need the the strikers. You'd rather him retire right now and become your
1: manager. I'd rather Jagielka retire. Oh, you said Sharp as well though. I did. Yeah, I, Sharp's a weird one. Like, with fans in the stadium, he's a good player, and he he's. He lifts the crowd, he lifts the players. But when fans aren't there, he hasn't really made the biggest of differences when he comes on. He he scores penalties. You give him a penalty, he's not gonna miss it. But
4: <laughs>
1: other than that, he you can't rely on him for the blistering pace or to skill his way through about five defenders. I feel like in the game today, he
4: just he just got lost. I know like you're playing against obviously second in the league now, Leicester, but he just looks so lost whenever he's trying to runs or whatever. I just don't know what it was. I know it's difficult though, like especially against Leicester. Like,
3: I mean, you've you've got to just listen to his post match um, press conference and when he speaks to the Sheffield United media, it actually sounds like he he's either close to tears or he's been crying. Because he just he just seems like he's absolutely just lost with it all, and after five years of management, I reckon he probably is quite hurt by everything that's gone on. And then to lose five nil, it's just like another nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah, it was quite tough watching uh, Billy's interview on the Blades YouTube channel after the game. He just seems so down, and it was just it was one of those where you felt you almost felt bad watching it because you're like, oh, he's he's really feeling this. It's, it's not a nice situation. Obviously, Bottoms only had like 24 hours to get to know the squads. So today isn't really a representation of his management. But it, it wasn't a fun 90 minutes to sit through and just watch as they just sort of gave up almost, it seemed. But like I said earlier, it was nice seeing Andai get on the pitch, make his Premier League debut, make his Blades like senior debut. And stuff like that. That was nice. And he ran his ass into the ground for 20 minutes and he, he looked good. So I'd be interested to see if we play some more Youth Academy players, to be fair, because Heckenbottom was under 23's boss before stepping in after Chris went as well. He knows which players are nearest to the first team level. You're listening to the Regulars Podcast. Want to keep up to date with our latest content? Drop us a cheeky follow on Instagram and Twitter at RegularsPodUK.
0: So, Harry, here at the Lockdown Inn, we have a very special jukebox. This jukebox is designed for bangers and bangers only. The songs that will get people off their seats and down to the dance floor. Failing that, the machine is also looking for songs perfect for karaoke and is open to submissions. Usually a tune named in previous episodes will be rejected and spat out right away by the jukebox of dreams. But this week, you have the honour of being our very first guest. You have two pounds to put three songs into the jukebox. What is your first song and why? Um, Well,
2: I've gone for a little bit of a nice, nice, necessarily banger, but... um songs that have got sort of like a a memory attached to them for me so i can i can hit you off with with the first one and it's fire by kasabian i'm a a little bit into my like indie rock alternative sort of like scene and kasabian were the first band i ever saw live and they started their set with fire. fire
0: absolute banger that is we use it on our say when we're playing pro clubs and we score a goal I'm always putting on the little drop in fire because it's an absolute beauty so you said that Kasabian was the first gig you went to how old were you what what was that experience like to to see such a big band for your first gig as well
2: yeah I know it was mental I think I was 14 um I think I went the first night with my mum so my mum got me tickets so we we sat for that one Um, and then for the second night I just, like I said to my friends, I was like, look, they were so good. We've got to go again. Um, and they'd never been to a gig either. So that's just like last lastminute.com. We were, I think we are like 14, 15. And um, we just went down, stood outside, hoping that someone was selling a ticket. Um, and we found this bloke selling like four or five tickets. And there's three of us. So, um, yeah, the, the first the first gig was class. It was my moment, It was my first gig, but not that good. It's You're with your mum, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then the second one was a raucous mate it was mental um yeah just 45 minutes and just sweat and <laughs> like you know what i mean it's just one of those things that you just you don't care that you just like ripping wet you're yeah. just having a great time like one of those things that you really miss like now when you can't get anywhere near that you know what i
1: mean i love how you're saying that about first gig with your mum it's not that great and he's saying that on mother's day we're recording this <laughs> It's just yeah, I'm, I'm sure off a gig with
2: mind. your mum. Yeah. No, I <laughs> did disrespect. go to a gig with my mum. Yeah, I've been to a few actually. I can I can lead on to a second song if you'd like, because I've also seen those with my mum.
0: We would love to, because well. Sabian is definitely going on in the pub. Yeah. And second the second song?
2: one is the uh, the Sheffield the Sheffield um they, they put Sheffield on the map basically and it's the Arctic Monkeys. Oh beautiful. Lovely. The bet that you look good on the dance floor yeah I, 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 th- I think that song just speaks for itself doesn't it really what's
4: what a tune that's all you have to say what a tune
0: it's an absolute beauty i'd say <clears> uh, I, my my favorite memory of that song is that they they encored with it when i went to um when I I went to see him in Birmingham and it was, it was the best gig I've ever been to every year, me and my friends, we tried to go to at least a gig. Obviously this year has been a little bit different. Um, And the first year we went to see catfish in the Bottleman, it was okay. Second year we went to see Royal blood and it gets progressively better. The third year we went to Birmingham to watch the Arctic monkeys and they opened, uh, it was a tranquility based tour and they opened before out of five and they did their standard set and they got to the encore and they finished on dance floor, and I tell you what, I, you, how you were saying about sweaty, like sweaty, just raucous atmosphere. It was absolutely banging, and I was so pissed. I was a little bit high, and I tell you what, it was the most fun experience I've ever had at a gig.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that just sums up the Artsy Monkeys quite well. Just raw, talented, like group of what four or five of them from Sheffield that, like see them in their early days just playing indie music a few guitars having a laugh with their mates talking about beating people up in a pub with a porky <laughs> in that and and now they've got like a production value of like a few million quid and just producing songs that are just like changing the industry aren't they i mean if you listen to any of the sort of like indie scene now from that tranquility Base album it's everyone's just following on from them Um yeah i am um, incredible band
0: I think we can all. I think we're all in agreement with our with our two checks so far, aren't we, boys?
1: Absolutely,
0: hundred percent. So Harry, you've got a hundred percent record. Can you continue it? Three, uh, uh, third and final song, please. This one. This one's a little bit of a different
2: vibe, and it's because I didn't know where to where to pitch it here. So my third and final choice is "Titanium" by David Greta. David Guetta. Oh my God.
4: Ooh. That is a blast from the past. That song, that is a class song.
2: I think I think I was in year six when that song came out. And you know when you've done your Sats and you go away on that residential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had, yeah, yeah. That was like the main banger that was like out at the time. I remember. Um, that song and i found love in a hopeless place
4: oh yeah yeah Yeah, those those
2: two songs were like playing back to back at this like year six disco it was an absolute vibe (laughs) and then call me maybe oh yeah
1: (laughs) keep it going
2: (laughs) right the first time a girl ever asked me out was to call me maybe so i probably should have gone for that one but titanium and just that like 2010 2011 like pop just an absolute giggle isn't it really
0: that's beautiful where did everyone go on their residentials
2: i I don't think you'll know will you because if i say i went to the Briars, it was like this little like catholic nunnery (laughs) thing
0: did you do any activities or anything like that on it so what were the activities you done
2: well i actually broke my ankle playing football like a few days before so i did nothing
0: oh no yeah. what, what was lined
2: up there's a few walks um it was mainly like i went to a weird catholic primary school so it was all just like god stuff really <laughs> um, honestly i'm not just saying like the whole weekend was like built up to the mass on the sunday morning oh, God! so everything you did was just about like what you were going to present at the mass uh I remember I didn't really enjoy it apart from the disco on the Saturday night, which, yeah, only maybe in titanium.
4: Can we just talk about discos? Like, how good were discos when you were just younger and in primary school? My God, absolutely elite. So good. To <laughs> disco.
1: The, the knee slides. Oh. oh, my God, the knee slides. How many times did you get? told off by your mum or something for coming back and your knees were like silver oh, yeah. from the polish on the floor or something oh no
4: it was more the flame t-shirts I remember like the t- those t-shirts you wear the flames on them. all the things you'd buy there like the, the, the amount of like sweets and chocolate because you just thought it was go mental with your five quid that you got given off your mum you just go <laughs> mental, just splash it out my That's- god
3: Right, you, used yeah. to, you used to get there and it used to be that awkwardness of everyone in, like, the groups. Yeah. Start, everyone just looking around and then it, as soon as the music just started going, everyone would just be like, yeah! Then...
2: The, the, the girls would always be doing their, like, routine dances, though, and the boys would be running around in circles. It's <laughs> <Like, laughs> <just, yeah. laughs> the whole night, non-stop running, knee sliding, playing tag. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it never really was a disco you went to, was it? It was just sort of there's music going on in the background, but you're doing other sh- other shit yourselves. Like <laughs> yeah. you're doing your own thing. They've just put some music on for you to enjoy at the same time. Who no, can exactly. think?
4: Who can think of a good a good disco song? Like the song that we put on at primary school disco. I'm thinking Cha Cha Slide. That's what I immediately. Oh. think of. That's what I think YMCA's of. Up there. YMCA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chacha, I mean, Slide what Superman was that could do? Well. Oh, Superman.
0: oh, Superman. Oh, Superman. Oh, Superman's gotta be out there. That's like a That's
4: holiday really song easy. as well. Like you go like look, those little um. Like, oh, what's it called? Like, the clubs you'd go on holiday and you go abroad, and you'd like oh, that was a music on That would be the song, the Superman song. Yeah. Oh my God, memories. Agadou. Agadou.
0: <laughs> I, I was, I was, um, I was, uh, I was a volunteer at a, a youth service for a long time, and um. Uh, we had this little DJ booth that we we all like as as staff. We got rotated on where we were. Whenever I was in the DJ's booth, I would always always play Ed Sheeran. Uh, "You Need Me, I Don't Need You." Oh uh, yeah, the song that I always and put yeah. on. Yeah. That's a beauty. But but the thing is, because it was the unedited version, I got in trouble for the first time I played it because obviously Larry. the last lyric is up and coming, like I'm fucking in an elevator. Oh, yeah. And I missed I missed the down fader on it, and I got in proper shit for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is unreal.
4: I can imagine all the other staff, like, just like, t- t- oh, the DJ set's coming up, but then Jed gets on, get out of the way, headphones on, <laughs> one ear like this. <laughs> What's <laughs> the crowd going absolutely mental absolutely loving it
0: right so thank you Harry those songs are absolutely excellent now we move on to a part of the show which could get a little bit touchy and that's only because we've got George here George <laughs> what is your new story of the week
1: okay yeah my story this week is obviously on Saturday I think it's Saturday afternoon it got announced that Murray Walker passed away at the age of 97 the basically the voice of formula one back in the 80s 90s he just made everyone fall in love with motorsport in britain and of course now passed away at the age of 97 and yeah it was a a really weird thing to sort of after all the distractions to me as a Blades fan with all wilder and stuff like that then just to look on twitter and see such a I guess iconic name of commentary to have passed away. is. it sort of reminds you like a David Attenborough, where you know he's he's getting on a bit, he's he's in his final years, sort of thing, but you'd just think, he's not gonna die. He's yeah. gonna be around forever. And then yeah, he uh it was confirmed on Saturday that he passed away, and all the tributes and stuff like that have been coming in. And I know I'd seen a comment from like Damon Hill it was who uh Murray commentated over his dad Graham's career in Formula One and then oversaw Damon Hill's whole career in it as well and in 19 I was say 1996 I think it was Damon Hill won his only uh world title in the uh, in that year in Formula One and it came with probably Murray's most famous line in commentary where he As he crossed the line in the Japanese Grand Prix, Murray was obviously commentating on that race. He said, I've got to stop now because I've got a lump in my throat.
2: This is going to be a mighty emotional occasion for a lot of people, not the least of whom is myself. That is his wife, Georgie. She's seeing her husband become world champion, To stop because I got a lump in my throat. Forgive us, please,
1: if we feel very emotional because that's our boy. And it was one of those things like he was such a fan of the sport, Murray, but that he commentated on. Uh, you could just see, like, he had those moments where he just became an overexcited fan. You could almost call him, I guess, verbal hiccups. Which they eventually coined his Moriisms.
2: But four cars in the lead are both on a two stop strategy.
3: And you can see by the body language of the Benetton mechanics that they are
2: absolutely furious. Jenson Button in the top 10 is in 11th position. Micah Hagginen comes through to win in Spain and pulls. Hello?
0: What's going on?
3: George, I want to ask you a quick question. Um, now, I don't, I don't follow F1, like, religiously, mm-hmm. um, but I do watch, you know, and follow it and stuff at, at, at odd times. <laughs> the question I want to ask is, the top drivers in, like, Hamilton, mm-hmm. is it down, is him winning world championships actually down to him being a world-class driver, or is a lot of it due to how quick the car is? See that that's the question
1: that <laughs> every F1 fan dreads being asked because every time someone says that, you can come up with like a list of reasons why it's down to the car, but then a list of reasons why it's down to the driver as well. It's a it's a very weird sport like that, F one. Like obviously a lot does go down into the car and its performance and like you have to have a good car to stand a chance. But at the same time, like obviously you've got to beat your teammate. I think Lewis is up there with the greatest, but I personally wouldn't say he is the greatest of all time, despite him winning the seven titles. I think that Mercedes car has just been stupidly good and other drivers just quite haven't quite had the car to keep up with him, basically.
2: They've struggled uh, a bit in the testing though, haven't they, Mercedes?
1: Yeah, they haven't, they haven't done amazing so far. They haven't lit the world alight, but I mean, they do it every year. Mercedes have, for like the last six or seven years, been the best car. But in testing, they always look awful. And then they come in and go, surprise, we're still a second quicker than everyone else. And it's, hopefully this year will be a bit different, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath for it.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Wonderful chat about F1. It's a nice insight to a sport that I'm not really clued up on. But... Final orders are close to be called and we are still yet to do our first ever pub quiz here at the Lockdown Inn. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up and order again. We move on to our pub quiz every week we pick out five current affairsy questions and hope our regulars have been paying attention to the news. Have you been paying attention to the news, Elliot?
4: I cannot say. If I speak, I am in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> We're going to find we- out, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs>
0: this week's prize for our pub quiz is this can of Thatcher's Gold.
4: Woo! Get round of applause in there. Woo!
0: <laughs> the winner <laughs> will my- win. The coveted Thatcher's gold of truth. This is where he admits he's already drunk it all. <laughs> yeah. It's empty. It's an empty ne- can.
4: He never said full can.
0: <laughs> so, is everyone confident? We've only got 10 minutes left on this meeting time. Is everyone confident for this quiz? No. Higher. Goal. So, what? how this is going to work is I'm going to ask a question per person. The quickest time to answer the question will get more points, so to speak. I know what I'm talking about. So, Charlie, the very first question comes straight to you. Bitcoin has smashed yet another milestone this week. What figure in US dollars is one Bitcoin worth now? I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I know that question? Give me you like haven't been paying answers. attention to the news, have you? <laughs> no, I'm going to have to pass on that, I'm afraid. You have to pass, <laughs> you have to pass on tens It's zero points. Wah, wah.
2: I'll jump in and have a guess.
0: Go I on, then. Extra points, extra points for the guest ale.
2: Was it was it fifty
0: nine thousand? It's close enough. I'll give it to you. It's sixty thousand dollars. So fifty nine thousand is is probably even more accurate. My God, that's going to be the one question I know the answer of. (laughs) Yeah, don't pay attention to the news. Just pay attention to KSI's Twitter feed. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Harry will come to you next. I'm pretty sure you know the answer because we were talking about this earlier, but which resident of Chester Zoo is embarking on a 7,000 mile trip to his home in Tanzania? It's a rhino. Can you be a bit more specific? What
2: colour? Uh, it's What's a grey rhino. <laughs> ah,
0: it's a black rhino. There's oh, no, no. thing as a grey rhino anymore. God! <laughs> Chanua, the black rhino, is going back to Tanzania this week. Good luck to him. Harry, you've already got oh, the yeah. extra point from Charlie. Elliot, you are next. Which country is the latest to ban the AstraZeneca vaccine under WHO guidance? Is
4: it Portugal?
0: No. Oh, you're joking. Uh, The answer that I've got is Ireland, but how are you saying I'm no? Yeah, because saying
2: I'm wrong. The WHO haven't guided anyone to not stop taking it. They said carry on.
4: So I think I should get a point there for poor questioning. I think I should receive one point there.
0: All right, then if I take away the under WHO guidance, still didn't get the question right, did you?
4: No, Probably <laughs> <Sadly> not. <laughs> but I was misled. So at the so. moment,
0: Harry Harry is winning because he answered someone else's question right. This is
1: bloody brilliant. <laughs> we are it's just rigged. we're so good at this. It's rigged, It's rigged. I can't believe it. Yeah, was absolute rigged. That what's this question. Blades question? Just. What's this be
0: a blade's question? Oh, you wish, George. You wish. God, are balance. you ready? Come on, George. You no. No. Earlier, George, you said earlier that today we are recording this on Mothering Sunday. But what year was the first Mothering Sunday celebrated? An extra point as to why.
1: Let's go 19.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: it's a 19, is it? Okay. Ooh. 60. The you mix. know yeah, what he's last up number is? He's up you up. gotta say
4: the last number, George. You know what number
1: to say? 1963. Ah, oh. oh.
0: <laughs> oh, it wasn't
1: even it 1900, was it?
0: <laughs> no, it was 19. It was 1914, and it started as an like, anti-war wow. movement. Very strange concept, considering that it's now just a day where you give your mum flowers and take her to the pub to to get a carvery. It's the only thing that we do. <laughs>
4: What does everyone get on their carvery? What meat? Do you get one of everything, or is everyone a bit weird and have something like one of one thing and that's it? And you have a carvery.
3: Honestly, honestly, right? If you don't get your money's worth at a carvery, then don't even bother.
1: Do not even bother. <laughs> if you don't leave a carvery feeling physical pain, you've not done it right. You need to go back in there and feel the pain, like. You need to be at a point where the thought
0: of a pudding or a snack oh, when the, you get home makes
1: of you physically even sick. Thought of
4: drinking water. Yeah. Just anything. Yeah. Makes
0: sick. I'm afraid the only pudding we're having here at the Lockdown Inn is Scampy Fries because that is last orders, gentlemen. Thank you very much for coming today. Thank you very much, Charlie.
3: Cheers from me,
4: Jed. Very, uh, very enjoyable. Thank you, Elliot. That's all right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. George Sanderson.
1: Yeah, you're all walking
0: home. <laughs> and a very special thank you to our very last-minute guest, student physiotherapist Harry Aldroyd. Even though we didn't yeah. really talk about physiotherapy.
2: No, I was going to say you didn't need to introduce me as a physio because we didn't mention yeah. it at all. But yeah, no, no, thanks really. for thanks for the little flex. I do appreciate it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> although we did talk about Charlie's lovely hamstrings, the worst hamstrings in the country, apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a bold statement. It needs it needs to be on your social media that
3: if if um if when I'm next in Sheffield, if you. If you want a you know, bit of a, you know, whatever whatever you might have to do for your coursework or whatever, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be happy to, you know, um, offer well, we can my... We keep it quiet because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not insured to treat yet.
2: We'll keep it oh,
3: quiet. Right, yeah, sorry about that. We'll, yeah, we'll keep it on the down low, shall we?
1: Okay, exactly, we just, yeah.
4: We've just heard Charlie offering up his body.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. He's <laughs> oh, literally offered up a secret meeting so he can <laughs> examine his hamstrings
3: from... Um, from just below the, the, the genital area. The, gro- the groin
1: area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the groin area. That's
3: all yours. The, the rest I'll
1: of it. Nah, yeah. Stop this there, please. <laughs> it's, it's disturbing <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yes.
0: Yeah, before we go too far, thank you very much, gentlemen. Next week, we have designer and marketing manager at Exeter City, Scott Palfrey, joining us in the lockdown inn. Until then, I've been Jed Pembery Thank you for listening to The Regulars Podcast.